You're the best. Oh, aren't you a peach? So oftentimes I'll just start by singing the theme song to the podcast, if you'll indulge me. Of course. The 1940s golden age of radio. Whoa. Turn back the dial and stay for a while. The times are a-changing. A podcast, a new sound. Taking it back to hear that. You hear that? We're on a new track. A new track. Welcome once again to another episode of Second Golden Age of Radio. Hi. I am the host, Richard Templeman, and I would like to have my guest star introduce herself, Sarah. Hi! Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Sarah Hanchar, and I am so excited to be on the second golden age of radio. Yay! Well, it's good to have you, and how I usually start every episode is I ask my special guest... What is their experience with old-time radio shows, if any at all? Okay. It is not very thorough. In fact, I don't know if I have, before the the homework assignment that you sent me, uh, the the episode that we're going to be covering today, I don't know if I've ever sat down and ever listened to one. I've seen an episode of Frasier where they do a spoof of it. I don't know if you've ever seen that particular episode. I love that. I love that episode because they go off book, I think, and that's what makes it really funny. Yeah, everything goes crazy. People quit, so Niles has to do like 30 voices. And um, yeah, it's it goes off the rails. So I enjoy that. Otherwise, I know ver- I know precious little except what we spoke about uh, earlier this week. Yeah, so that's good. Um, So it looks like because you and I talked about it on your podcast, you have like a a base understanding of old-time radio shows now. And then because we picked an episode to listen to, oh, because we picked an episode to listen to, um, you got to hear it kind of almost for the first time. Yeah, exactly. I was really excited about the one that you chose uh, because it was spooky and mysterious, which is right up my alley. I love it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, In fact, that's a good segue for me to talk a little bit about the show we picked. And the show is called ABC Mystery Time. You can tell that it was aired on ABC but you didn't know that it was only a one-season program from 1957 to 1958. And it was hosted by Don Dowd, and it was starring Sir Laurence Olivier. Ho, ho, ho. So, yeah, so very clouty, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's why it only lasted one season, if you're paying a movie star, you know. (laughs) That's an excellent, excellent point, because when... When was this particular episode aired? Do you know? Um, I think it was... Tw- okay, I can actually look. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... Oh, it's the 12th episode. So it was almost the end, which I would say is 1958. Okay, he was definitely working a lot at that point. Um, so, yeah, he was right at his 
Zenith, I believe, because he was working a lot of different movies uh, at the time. So you're right. that And so every episode had Laurence Olivier? According to my limited research, um, there because it's such a short-running show, it most of these old-time radio shows have 700 episodes, have, <laughs> you know, extensive, <laughs> yeah, they have extensive histories, and, oh, this character was played by this voice actor, and then they switched, and then it went off the air and went on this network. But because this is such a short-running one, it only ran 13 episodes, it just says it's starring Laurence Olivier. So whether he was in every episode or they just remembered him from the specific episode that we listened to, that's how it's credited online. Cool. Yeah, so um, another thing I I read, which we, we understood by listening to it, so it goes without saying, but I'll say it for the fact of the matter of me being on a podcast. I should say this, that ABC Mystery Time got the audience a gasp in, and it was accented, oh, accented, yeah. It's funny that I accented the wrong part of that word. (laughs) Oh, it's hard sometimes. I get it. (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, I do do so much reading. Oh, it's too much. (laughs) It was accented by creepy organ rips, which we did hear of, and then... There were stories of death gathering around a card table at the local chapter of the Suicide Club, which is the exact episode that we listened to. Yeah. It talks, yeah, it talks about other episodes that has a man desperately trying to hire a 24-hour bodyguard, all the while trying to make himself the victim of a murder, and then other baffling, peculiar tales of yore. It seems like they're all kind of creepy, and the one we listened to, um, Suicide Club, was um, a story adapted from Robert Louis Stevenson. Yes. So that added to the clout, I think, that it was a, a well-written episode of radio because of the, the original tale that was, that was told was from a famous writer, so... That's one of the things that I noticed about this particular episode. Well, I guess it's one of the only episodes I've ever listened to of anything in old in a Golden Age of Radio. Um, it was beautifully written. I actually wrote down some of my favorite lines because I'm like, ooh, that is well said. That is intriguing. That is exciting. It's mystery time. Tonight's mystery classic. Stars Laurence Olivier in The Suicide Club. So he died after all. Was it murder and suicide? Or murder and accidental death? A shuffle of the cards. Then they were dealt out. And if you draw the wrong card, mm, gives me the shiver. So I'm sure you'll listen as intently as I shall. It's that famous chilling classic by Robert Louis Stevenson, now transcribed. The Suicide Club, starring Laurence Olivier. This is the story of a frightening adventure. 
I do not propose to tell you my name. And after you've heard the story, you will perhaps understand why not. One night, in an oyster bar not far from Leicester Square. What's your man? doing over there. The one who just come in, huh? It seems to be for those two commissioners. He's got a dish of something or other, hasn't he? Seems to be offering everyone something to eat. Are they pies? They look like it. Some sort of tart, I think, yes. They're cream tarts. Cream tarts in an oyster bar. The oh, fellow seems to be giving them away. I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, maybe it's a wager or something. <laughs> well, well, looks as if we're going to be offered some, too. You, will you do me the honor of eating one of these tarts? I can answer for the quality of the pastry. I've eaten 27 of them myself since 5 o'clock. <laughs> 27? That's all a lot, isn't it? Well, that's principle, sir. Every time my offer is rejected, I insist on eating the tart myself. All right, then, Colonel. We'll help you out. On one condition. If my friend and I both eat your tart, you must join us for supper out. <laughs> well, I've several dozen still on hand, so I'll have to visit a few more bars before I go rid of them all. If you're already hungry, gentlemen, I... No, so think... my friend and I will go the round with you. It looks a very pleasant way of passing an evening. <laughs> Stupid. Splendid. Two tops for the gentleman. Mmm. <laughs> Delicious. Ah, these are yes, yes, yes. Well, there was obviously a story behind all this nonsense. My friend and I were anxious to hear it. We chose a little French restaurant in Soho, ordered a private room, very good meal, and champagne for the occasion. The young man ate surprisingly well, despite his rather sickly hors d'oeuvres. And over the dessert, we persuaded him to begin his explanation. <laughs> There's every reason why I shouldn't tell you my story. I come from quite a respectable family, you know, and I started life with quite a reasonable fortune. I had a lot of amusing adventures. Even fought a duel when I was in Paris. Oh, by the time I began to come to my senses, I had very little fortune left. And promptly fell in love. Oh, oh, after I had nothing left to offer the young lady, I came to the sad conclusion that there was really nothing very much left to live for. No. I got rid of all the money I had left under the last 80 pounds, which left me just 40 pounds to get rid of during the course of today. 40 pounds? What happened to the other 40? That went for a very particular purpose. Well, I've spent a very amusing day getting rid of my last few pounds on the cream tarts over which we met. <laughs> and I wanted to close a foolish life in a, in a particularly foolish manner, which you must admit I did. Well, I shouldn't deny that, but what happens next? Oh, I'm not complaining. And at least I'm not a coward. I've lived my life and enjoyed it. So now I simply have to get rid of it. Get rid of it? You mean, you mean kill yourself? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, who oh, oh, hasn't often thought of doing that? You know, um, young fellow, it's a curious coincidence, but of the whole of London, you went and picked on a couple of people in much the same position as yourself. Yes. What? Mm. Yes. You mean you're ruined too? Yes. Is this, this very excellent supper last extravagance as well? <laughs> like my green jar? <laughs> well, near enough. And just to get rid of any slight disparity, let's put five pounds here on the table to cover the bill and have you a match? Yes? Thank you. Burn the rest. Like this. What are you doing? Don't be another fool. Well, aren't we all? Good heavens, haven't you got any money left at all now? Why didn't you keep your 40 pounds? 40 pounds? Why not 40 pounds? Oh, for that matter, why not 80? <laughs> you must have done the best part of 100. Well, 40 pounds would have been enough. But without that, no admission. They're very strict about the rules. <laughs> Fine business when you can't even die without money. Now, I think you'd better explain yourself. Do I have to? Mm, if it happened to 40 pounds, what's the point? Well, I haven't had enough for both of us. I think we really needed it. I thought you were in the same straits as I was. I seem to remember that you had 80 pounds yesterday. Yes. Yes, I had. You're not fooling me. You, you are as desperate as I am. Oh? 
Uh, bored with life, if that's what you mean. Yes, indeed. Thought I'd made that clear enough by burning my last money. Perhaps you can afford to burn a hundred pounds or so. Well, I'm no millionaire, if that's what you mean. Well, here's your help. <laughs> and good night, my merry ruined man. Oh, no, you can't get out of it like that. You tell me that you're desperate, and I accept the fact. Why should you have less confidence in me? In either of them. Yes, why? Then you're not joking. You really are. Well, like you, we've had enough of life. Haven't we, Colonel? Yes, I yes, Sooner or later, alone, not together, we're prepared to put an end to it. Yes, quite Aren't we, right. Colonel? Mm, yes. Yes. Well, now that we've come across uh, you, and since you seem to be in a hurry, well, we can make it tonight just as easily. Twice, why, why not? Why not all three of us together? Yes, why not? That really goes for you as well, Colonel. Yes, yes, certainly, provided you something in mind. And you really can put up the 80 pounds between you. Yes, Two, fifty, ten, twenty, forty, sixty, eighty pounds. A few left over. I shouldn't forget about the rest. Forty pounds each is the entrance fee. The entrance fee? Entrance fee to what? To the suicide club. My favorite line, if I may. Or is that my jumping Please the gun? Do. Okay. My no, no, <laughs> I didn't have much to say about the whole show. It was very limited. Okay. Uh, yeah, so there were... Uh, there were two lines that I particularly loved. Um, the one character, the gentleman who was paralyzed from a stroke, uh, he said, there's nothing so exciting as fear. And so this guy had been a part of the suicide club for two years, which is bonkers considering it seemed like, you know, people didn't last too long in the suicide club. But he'd been there for no. two years and like nothing is so exciting as fear. And then... Um, I can't remember who said it, if it's a Laurence Olivier character or not. Um, I wish you all that you wish yourself. And I think that's a really interesting way. So if you're like, I want to win a million dollars. Well, I wish you all what you would wish yourself. So it's it's biting good tidings uh, in a nonspecific way. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so it's like, well, if that's what you want, honey, then I hope all the best for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope you get it. So I thought those two. Oh my gosh. I thought those two lines were um, intriguing and beautifully written. Yes, the, and um, good job taking notes. That's amazing. Yeah, because I heard similar lines like that, and they and they do stick out to you. You're like, oh, clever. <laughs> yeah. And and it was a, it was a good listen overall too. I thought, um, just the way that. They almost were very cavalier in such a serious topic. Like, Yeah, it, it was nuts. The fact that they're like, oh, yeah, well, and they kept referring to the guy as the cream cream tart guy. I, I under, yes! <laughs> I understand that they probably couldn't use names because they're in this clandestine club. But the, uh, the I believe it's Laurence Olivier character. To be honest, I lost track of voices because Me too. they all have that same style of speaking. They have a very similar way of pronouncing things. And there wasn't a lot of character differentiating voices. So I'm like, uh, um, but oh, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Beep, bop, boop, bop, beep, bop, boop, bop, beep, bop, boop. Oh, he he's like, oh, um, I lost all my money and I couldn't be bothered to make any more. What? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. That's you are able-bodied. You are clear of head. You are a a person who has probably family or friends or somebody who cares, but you just don't want to make any more money. So you'd rather have the sweet release of death. <laughs> what? Right. Yeah, being cavalier. That's a perfect way of putting it, considering how serious this this uh, suicide club t was. Yes. And I, I thought it was 
interesting. I think that just that, that made it creepy too in a way because they were just like, let's end it on our own terms, but our own terms are going to be a confusing little ritualistic game. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's not even really on their own terms. The only thing that's on their terms is the 40 pounds that they paid to join the, mm-hmm. <laughs> to join this club and then it was up to chance and it was actually quite suspenseful i was actually playing mm-hmm. with my dog out in the yard and he's like hello please throw the ball i'm like hold on they're turning oh, the goodness. cards and i am yes. very intrigued right now i i don't know what's gonna happen and i'm really nervous <laughs> yeah um and did you notice like at the beginning of the episode it was a line from the end of the episode. It was almost like we see in modern day movies, like the climax, they show it to you. And then they're like 24 hours earlier or three weeks before. Cause in, at, at the very beginning, there was like a little tagline that was like, was it a murder and suicide? Was it a murder and an accidental death? We'll never know. And that's how the whole story ended was them not knowing if the guy was pushed out the window and they pulled the killer down with him or if it was an accident. And so that was kind of creepy in itself. They're like, we'll never know. We'll never know. Who was murdered? Who was accidentally killed? And I'm like, well, I guess it doesn't matter because if everyone was a fixin to die anyway, that was two birds with one stone, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Richard, are you from the South? Are you from Texas by any chance? (laughs) No, but I I had a spell in Virginia. Okay. Where I lived for like five years. (laughs) Okay, because the only people in my life who say fixin' to do anything, like, oh, they're fixin' for a a fight, they're fixin' for a, you know, special occasion, a fixin' for something, they're all from Texas. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, it's a great turn of phrase. I love it. Yeah, I I see. I pick up little things here and there, and then uh, from this region and that region, I think. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a good turn of phrase, so it's good to have that in your arsenal. Yeah. Well, what's so funny about them being a fixin' for suicide is it turns out no one actually was in this particular episode, right? Because the space of the spade of um, the ace of spades means that you are the one who is to die. Right. When you pull the card or the card is turned to you. Yes. And then the ace of clubs is the one who will murder you. Uh, I'm sorry. They left that part out in the fine print. Yeah. I thought it was just a suicide club. Then all of a sudden it's also a murder club. Like you have to be chill with murdering somebody. What? Right. Not only. Yeah. It it was bonkers and <laughs> crazy. Yes. And like it. <laughs> And like you said, the ironic part of the whole thing is once you decide that you're going to commit suicide, all of a sudden you turn the card around and you're like, I don't want to die. I want to live. Damn it, I want to live. And I was like, okay, then maybe just renege on the 40 pounds and get out of the club. Yeah, cut your losses, leave the 40 pounds, peace out forever. I mean... (laughs) That's what Lawrence did. He left. Exactly. He was. It was just a temporary club member at that point. 
you know how at the YMCA, how you can try it out for like a week before you sign in or sign up officially or like a gym of any sort? So maybe was that what he was doing? He was like, you know, I just want to test it out and then I'll I'll decide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just testing the waters. Not sure if I want a full-time membership or not, <laughs> but I need to see what this is all about. Exactly. Lucky duck, because the other people did not want to die, but they were in too deep. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole thing about Oof. it uh, was pretty crazy, but also somehow... I don't know. It rang. It rang true to me for some reason. I'm like, these are. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a. It's a weird club, and I kept wanting to call it in my head, Suicide Squad. I'm like, stop calling it that. That's not what it is. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's not a suicide um, squad because that's that's different. very different. Yeah. I also like that they rolled their R's for mur- murder, murder, murder. I can't do it. Murder. 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 <laughs> murder. I'm not Lawrence Olivier, so I'm not doing it right. <laughs> no, we're not fancy. They were Not yet. They were all quite fancy, having tarts and having champagne and yeah. doing all this stuff. And then I noticed that they had a horse and buggy, so I'm like, oh, that's the only clue that I got that this wasn't set in like a more modern era when they're like i'll take you with my cab yes the handsome cab yes i remember that now i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't clock that at the time yeah because then i looked and the suicide club was a collection of three 19th century detective fiction short stories by robert louis stevenson and it was written in or 1878. So I'm sure that they took that source material and they're like, it's also 1878 in our version. Yeah. I really want to read that story I'm, now. I'm sure that's uh, free. Mm-hmm. In, in, yeah. Oh, yeah. It published so long ago. Yeah. I want to read it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Some radio shows. Um, back in the day, definitely took from other source material, either magazines or books or films, and then they were adapted for the radio. And I I guess that's like television movies today, is sometimes it's an original story, sometimes it's a a tried-and-true story that they've remade or revamped or rebooted. I mean, look at Broadway. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's all movies and books, and then Mm -hmm. movies that are... Like, Hairspray, which was a movie, turned into a musical, turned into a movie. And now Mean Girls, which was a book, turned into a movie, turned into a play. It's going to be turned back into a movie. Like, yeah. It, so once you have a good story, I guess, you have the source material, uh, might as well go for it. I want to say, like, I wish I could say that for some of these, like, oh, no, why can't you think of an original story? I don't like this. But I do like it. Like, I saw Mean Girls on Broadway, and I loved it. Like, the music was amazing. It's great. The music is great. Yeah, and they did a great job with it. And I think a big factor in that one, if I could tangent a little, is, um, thank you, (laughs) is Tina Fey was so close to the creative um, uh, control of the musical, adapting her script into a new script, and then her husband did all the music. And... 
Yeah, so as far as a Broadway creative team, there's a lot of Broadway shows that get creative, and maybe this is just extrapolating truths from my mind. Um, like you have Cindy Lauper writing the music for Kinky Boots. I am sure she was a busy gal, and she wasn't always at the theater, always workshopping, always with the actors. She was kind of writing on her own and developing it on the sidelines. Tina Fey was right in it at every rehearsal, at every workshop, and at, at, as it was being created, she was there. And I was like, oh, I could tell by watching it that she put so much care Aww. in this project. Yeah. So maybe that's the answer. The answer is don't just photocopy and keep photocopying the same story until it it's bad. <laughs> yes. You, you have to take care. So... Yeah. So I think this was a good adaptation at any rate. Absolutely. I mean, I was into it from from jump, from right from the get go. I was like, <gasps> murder. There, I did it. Murder. <laughs> yes. You did it. I, yeah, still said it weird. Murder. I don't know how he rolled his R, but he did. <laughs> yeah. Too, too talented. Just way too talented. Yeah. He... Uh, I'm assuming that was Laurence Olivier. I'm, I'm assuming who was he was like the the protagonist that we followed along. Yeah. Who was like, I can't yeah. be bothered to make any more money. Me, 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 mamu. Whoa, I'm in too deep. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was prolific. He did all of the Shakespeare's. When I was looking up his. Uh, his IMDb. He also worked until the year he passed away. For some, for some reason, that's that's amazing. I find that incredible. When you work until literally you die, and hope, assuming that you want to work, and assuming that you're you, that's you're doing something yeah. you love. But I love when I see a performer performing until they just can't can't anymore, and I. I mean, that's ultimate respect for those who keep up with their craft forever. I think that's incredible. I think that, um, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. If you if you love what you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah, I want to watch him in Wuthering Heights. I've never read the book or have seen the movie. I know there are a number of movies, but I want to see his Heathcliff, mm -hmm. and I also want to see his Mister Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. I'm. Oh yeah, that would be yeah, good. Yeah, I'm curious because he was because I haven't seen. He's it either. beautiful. He's he's a beautiful fella. So I want to see him be handsome and and romantic and on the moors of England, calling for. Damn it! It's Heathcliff and shoot. What's the woman's name in that story? Oh no. <laughs> it flew out of my head and it's, it's gone forever. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Catherine. Kathleen? Catherine. Ugh. Catherine? I don't know. It's I think it's I think it's Catherine. Oh no. I'm so embarrassed. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh no. Do you want to go? Like I said, oh, I've no. never read the book or seen the movie, so why would I even know it? <laughs> yeah, you have no you have no responsibility to that knowledge. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. You're welcome. You're absolved of all all problems. Oh, thank goodness. Fabulous. So, oh, good. So what do we do in our quest to make a new time radio show? <clears throat> what do we do to modernize it or change it 
to to fit our needs? Oh, that's an excellent question. Now that I didn't really think about. <laughs> I should have. To modernize it, it almost feels, well, it reminds me of, did you ever watch Gilmore Girls by any chance? I love Gilmore Girls. I do. The Life and Death Brigade at Yale. Yeah, yeah, totally. Only they weren't definitely going to kill each other. They just did risky things. Yeah, that would have just been a lot of (laughs) accidental deaths if they did die. (laughs) Yes. So. Something like that, though. Maybe young, you're thinking maybe not a gentleman's club, but maybe younger people. Yeah, but I don't, I, what I'm thinking of is like young entitled people, and I don't love that. Um, But I guess I don't. It's dicey. Yeah, but I also don't want people who are at risk either (laughs) yeah could we make the stakes lower so it's not yeah we could change yeah we could change the stakes i was thinking that maybe the idea of even having a story in modern day where it's a suicide club is just maybe a little much anyway yeah but we could we could change it yeah for some reason i was thinking of why was i thinking of chocolate Maybe it's be just because I wanted what I wanted this morning. But I'm like, what what if something that was pretty pedantic and pretty low stakes, like the last I don't I don't know. The la like you're you're squabbling over something or um Oh, my brain is not firing as quickly as it usually does. <laughs> it's because I'm on the spot. Ah! Well, yeah, and it's a tough assignment. I think, you know, sometimes they come easy. Like, sometimes I'll be talking to someone, and then they just say one word. Like, um, the other day it was the horse was riding into town, and it fell and got tangled up with a person. Uh-huh. They're like, what if what if that was not a horse accident, but a car accident? And then you can easily, like, okay. Easy. And improvise a whole story around. But this one is less easy to adapt, I think. Because it has so many, it has modern themes in it. Um, Risk, chance, not actually wanting the responsibility of something. Uh Um, I mean, it could be, it could be something like we're in a, in a, a place of employment and they don't have a good retirement thing so one person has to do the firing and one person gets fired and everyone's like no that's how it is that's what we do um but ultimately neither party wants it just like just like the the show okay we could do that so it's kind of like the office but if the stakes were higher (laughs) (laughs) yes i will admit i've not seen much of the office that's okay because I think um, if you saw The Office and were a big fan, you would copy too much of it. So maybe this is better. Okay. Your idea of The Office without having seen it all. Yeah, we could try that. Do you want to just um, roll roll right into it? Sure. I mean, this is also uncharted territory for me. So I've I've only listened to a couple of your shows. So is this pretty much how things go? Or oh yeah okay great yeah because you know because you do you do improvise a lot yourself so you know that mm-hmm. it's good to have like a discussion a little bit but then trust trust the process yeah we got this just let it roll yeah 
Let it roll. Yeah, and then if we make mistakes, it, there are no mistakes. <laughs> and there's always editing in post. I know, and it, I love that part. That part is so fun because in my head, I can hear the sounds and the music and everything. But it's not until I edit the program that I can actually add that stuff in. Yeah, fun. All right, let's do this. Um, I'll narrate us into the story if you don't mind. Oh, yes, please do. Fun. Okay, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. I'm going whole hog. We tune in this week to a rather creepy office story called the Higher Fire Club. There's a new employee in town. As they come into the office, they don't know weird dynamics of this new job of theirs. They are given the tour by one of the assistant managers. Hi, I, I'm the assistant manager. Uh, my name is Doug. Uh, good to, to meet you. I, I, um, uh, I, uh, I hope you do. Uh, don't mind that just one of the assistants is giving the, the tour today. Oh, that's fine. I'm so glad to be here in this brand new office. Gosh, it seems like um, everyone was working really hard. I like it here. I can tell the vibe is already really intense, and that's how I focus best. Oh, good. You, we really need people that are invested and, and focused. Great. Well, tell me, how long have you been a part of the company, Doug? Oh, my goodness. It's been a year, and I, I'm surprised I lasted this long. <laughs> I... Oh, okay. <laughs> for real, yeah, for real, because um, usually some people don't last even a year. Wow, high turnover rate. I understand. Um, I used to work at Amazon, so I totally get a high turnover rate. You're in, then you're mm -hmm. out. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's these um, these trying times in the economy. And anyway, I don't want to get too emotional here with you. Um, but. Say, are you all right? I didn't mean to, to, to press a nerve there. Well, it's just that when we come into this office, we, on our first day, we always learn the ropes and we know what we're getting ourselves into. And when we sign that non-disclosure agreement and the terms of our contract and conditions, um, we think we want it. We think that's what we're really after, but... You know, I just wish I never even signed anything. I just, never mind. I'm sorry, I'm saying too much. Oh, I'm, I'm a little confused. I mean, I also signed that NDA and it was a heck of a signing bonus that got me on board. I mean, not only do I have really great stock options, but that signing bonus is going to take care of my mortgage for at least three months. So that's why I'm here. I, I, I guess I didn't necessarily read all of the fine print and... Oh, no. I mean... You didn't read all of the fine print. I thought I had. Gosh, what could there be that's out of the ordinary? Well, about noon, about noon today after we come back from an early lunch, I think you better come into the conference room and take a look at the way we do business here. Okay. Anyway... Do you want to get some wings? Yeah, I think if we got wings, um, it'd be good for both of us. 
So after they finished the tour and went out for an early lunch to get their buffalo wild wings to go, they came back to the office to join the 12 p.m. conference meeting. All right, people. All right. Is everyone here? Um, oh, I see we have someone new to the meeting. Could you introduce yourself in front of everyone? Hi, everyone. I'm Deborah. I'm new. And I, I just started today, and I want to say thank you all so much for welcoming me to your brand, to this company. I love it. Oh, welcome, Deborah. Welcome, Deborah. It's good to welcome you. Oh, well, that's great, Deborah. Um, uh, you probably already signed all your contracts and your non-disclosure agreements, etc., etc., etc. So this should be just, you know, a formality for you to see how we run this um, daily meeting. Abs absolutely, yeah. All right, so if everyone can um, grab your cell phones, and if you look at the screen in front here, that's the code you need to press in so we're all on the same network here. Ready? Okay. All right. And um, if, you get the, if you get the green light on your phone, as everyone should know, everyone needs to have already known this before coming in the meeting, the green, the green light means um, you're doing the firing. <gasps> You're doing the firing if you have the green light. Just uh, this is mainly for Deborah's sake. She she's never gotten any light before. If you get a red light, you're the one being fired. So that's the cutthroat stakes we have at this company. That's why everyone does such a good job because they're just scared all the time. I I I I understand what it's like to be fired. I've I've been let go before and you know that happens sometimes, but I've I've never been responsible for someone losing their job. I, I, I don't know if I want that responsibility. We all sign up for the responsibility, Deborah. Didn't you know? Didn't you know when you signed your contract and your non-disclosure agreement? I guess I I didn't think it would would be so soon and do you do this every day? Every day. The turnover rate literally is a daily process. <gasps> what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? Why did I take that bonus without even thinking? Hey, Deborah, it's me again, the assistant, um, assistant manager here, um, Doug. Um, I, I'm sorry, you're looking a little stressed out. If you don't want to be in this meeting, I mean, you can receive your green or red light or the neutral white light in the other room. I, I just feel like this episode might be a little much for you stress-wise. <sighs> Thank you, Doug. This is, this is a lot, but if, if everyone's doing this together, I, I feel like I should be a part of the process because... Everyone's doing this. Everyone's doing everyone's this together. Doing then well if you really feel comfortable I don't but I'm 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 willing to stick it out let's see what this is all about all right I'm gonna click the randomizer here and who got the green light anyone anyone in the conference room get the green light I got the green light Oh, Sammy. Sammy, you got the green light. You'll be doing the firing Woof, for you. But it's going to be hard for you because who got the red light? 
Who who's the one with the red light? Well, hey, I got the I got the red light. Oh. Oh no, Susie from HR. Now, this is where the fun begins. We do not know what legitimate reason Susie will have to be fired, and we don't have any knowledge about how Sammy is going to do the dramatic firing. Ha! That's the lifeblood of this company, the thrill of the chase and the firing. Well, Susie, it's come to my attention that even though you're in HR, you spread a lot of inappropriate memes in emails. And and seeing those memes, a lot of people don't like them. They don't think they're funny. Not everybody loves cats as much as you do. And it's and so I don't think it's fair for you to keep doing that to us, assaulting our eyeballs with your memes that you think is so funny. Well, I was just trying to raise morale. I didn't realize that it was such a problem and I know that every day is stressful here at Proctor and Leibowitz, and I don't, and, and I, I just thought I would try to brighten somebody's day. Well, you didn't brighten anybody's day, and that's why, Susie, you've, you've got the axe. Oh, I never wanted to be fired. And I never wanted to fire. But this is how things go at Proctor and Leibowitz. Ha 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 ha! The Proctor and Leibowitz way is happening and everyone is jazzed up emotionally. <laughs> energy, energy. <laughs> 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 oh boss, I wish we could have another firing today. That one was just so energetic. I know, but you know the ways of Proctor and Leibowitz. We can only do one firing a day and that will have to sustain us till tomorrow. Oh, you're right. You're so right. Um, anyway, oh, Deborah, how do, how do you feel? Energized like uh, us, all of us? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I do. I feel a rush of relief that I didn't get fired. I feel a rush of relief that I didn't have to hurt anybody emotionally. And I guess, I guess I can make this work for a brief amount of time, but no, no, I can't. I, I'll give the signing bonus back. I, I'm going to rip up the NDA. I can't live like this. This is not my place. Deborah, Deborah, as your new boss of one day, I would be so sad to see you go. It has been a long, a long process of applications and video conference calls that we picked you because we thought you could win. We thought you should succeed here at Proctor and Leibowitz. I... I guess the healthcare insurance is really great, and, and I know those stock options are no joke, and... Well, I guess I can keep... I'll... I'll stay. I'll stay. <gasps> oh, that's great. Um, plus I could use more... Buffalo Wild Wings buddies for early lunches. I'll be your bee-wee-wee buddy. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure after five weeks, six weeks, this whole higher fire game is gonna grow on you. I, I guess it will. I'll just cross my fingers and get some wings and hope for the best. 
Six months later, they're in the conference meeting once again. But Deborah's luck and Doug's luck have just run out. All right, everyone. All right, settle down, settle down. We're doing the randomization as we do daily. This is going to be great. I feel it's a good one. Today, today we have the backdrop of SpongeBob SquarePants. That's cool, yeah! right? That's still cool. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants, yay! Yeah, so when I push the button on the outside, on the screen, it'll be SpongeBob pushing the button on the screen. <laughs> oh, this is great. Okay. All right, I'm pressing the button. And look, SpongeBob, oh, he's just pressing that button up there as well. All right, all right. Now, someone needs to self-disclose. I need a self Disclosing of the green light recipient today. Green light? And it, it's... Oh. It's me. It's it's oh, me. Deborah. Hi, everyone. Deborah. I've only been oh. here for about half a year, I guess. It's me. Oh, no, Deborah. Um, this might wreck you emotionally. I, uh, let's... Hey, did, any, did anyone get the... I got the I got I've been here a year and a half and I I got the red I got the red light I got the red light I, no Doug no <laughs> Oh no Deborah Oh Doug I didn't want it to come down to this you're my new best friend and maybe more I don't know <laughs> We've shared so many beautiful wings together and so many enchanted you know reports here at the office and uh it's so sad. I don't even know how. How are you going to tear me apart <laughs> as an employee? Oh, Doug, I'm so sorry. I have to be the one to tell you that you often dress inappropriately for work. <gasps> your your pants. They're they're too <laughs> well. It's like you're still in the 90s. They're so loose. Those pants are so loose and it's not um business casual. You just look casual and that's no. That's not appropriate, Doug. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really thought Jenko chains were coming back. I didn't know. I didn't know they were inappropriate for this decade and this era. No, please. Everyone, stop. Why are you pushing me out of the conference room? No, stop. Get Don't on, push get me out of the conference room. Get on, no. get on, get on. I've been here so long. Oh, it was such a good employee. Oh, Doug, I'll miss you. <laughs> what have I become? What did Deborah become? I suppose she doesn't even know what she became because she asked to the whole room, What have I become? Because she didn't know herself. And because she didn't know herself, would Doug ever like her again? I doubt it. I think they're on the outs for good now. She saddled herself up with the company Proctor and Leibowitz, never to be seen of again until she would get fired. Who knows when? Thank you. Thank you for joining us. 
characters in the office they were funny i just did my um i used to work for disney and there was a show that i did called monsters laugh floor and we had to have like three or four voices for uh different monsters and so uh this voice was my uh marty wazowski voice he's a nephew of mike wazowski um and then this one's just my go-to weird voice And I basically just spoke like myself for um, for Deborah. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times on this show we have to get creative with um, usually just having a couple people um, on the episode. So I'm glad that we were able to do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Those were yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Old Proctor and Leibowitz. <laughs> Good job. I was like, I have to write that down because I will forget. <laughs> and your name was Doug, right? Like I, I it was, it was Doug. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, good, good, good. I know. I panicked too with names. I was like, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd watch that show. I'd expect ABC to pay me money for that. A hundred percent. Shoot. Yeah, and that's owned by Disney too. So perfect. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, my old buddies. Yeah, Disney, ABC, Hulu, it's all Disney Plus, ESPN, all all the same. It's all one big megacorp. <laughs> House of Mouse, House, House of, of Mouse. In this episode of the House of Mouse. Ooh, that would be a great radio show. And it's like the horror stories that Disney doesn't want you to know about. Did you know in the tunnels it's flooded with crap, grease, and garbage? Those. Th- <laughs> that's true, though. That's real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's sad when it's real. <laughs> uh, it's funny when it's it's fake, but it's sad when it's, it's real. It's sad when it's real. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So were you happy with that take? So happy. Yeah. It gives me lots of fodder to add in um, music and sound effects. Yay. And we mentioned Buffalo Wild Wings, which I love. (laughs) Yes, me too. (laughs) They're the sponsor, I feel. They sponsored us. Uh, Yes, in my heart. Why don't you plug your podcast that I also appeared on and then anything else you want to plug, which is probably just the podcast at this time. Yep, sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I have a podcast called Hi, I Think You're Nice. It's where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. And the darling, wonderful, talented and insightful Richard Templeman, you joined me on an episode uh, about the golden age of radio. So if you are interested in learning more about the golden age of radio, uh, head on over to ithinkyournice.com or you can find me on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as I think you're nice. And it's just super nice and lovely and fun. Ta-da! Ta-da! Well, I think you're nice, Sarah, so that works out. Yay! I think you're nice too! Jazz hands! Yay. Muppet hands! 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for tuning in, y'all. And thank you, Sarah. My pleasure. Thank you.